Hey there, this is Brian Grin, author, health coach, and podcast host, and you're listening to the Road to Rediscovery podcast with Aubrey Johnson. Enjoy another great episode and have a great day. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on the Roads Rediscovery. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Roads Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Roads Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, pay it forward and uplift others who are struggling through dark times. I'm proud to announce that the Roads Rediscovery has partnered with a new platform called Featured Up. Here you can engage with me or any of my guests by asking them or asking a question or mentioning, you know, a comment that you may have. All questions will be read in a future episode, which means you'll get a shout out. You also have the option to leave a voluntary tip. Just visit www.featuredup.com slash rediscover. That's www.featuredup.com slash rediscover. And feel free to tell us what is on your mind. As always, we are truly, truly grateful for your listenership. Now, my special guest is a manifestation and twin flame coach, law of attraction master. On a mission to reshape lives through a holistic approach, merging the gap between science and spirituality. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure. Please help me welcome Mr. Kurt Johnson to the show. Kurt, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. How are you doing today? It's a pleasure to be here, sir. How are you? I am doing fantastic, and we are thrilled to have you here. We can't wait to dig into this conversation, and um, the listeners are eager as well, without a doubt. So, Kurt, to start us off, can you – I want to make sure we lay the foundation here, okay, when it comes to the the term manifestation. Um, We hear it a lot. We see it in movies or we see it talked about in movies on TV, maybe daytime talk shows, who knows. And um, if you can just just set the record straight for us, okay, um, by explaining to the listeners what manifestation is and then share, if you can, what is the distinction of your methods and guidance um, that 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 separates it from just mere manifestation techniques. Sure. So the law of attraction is the law. It's like gravity. Whatever it is that you are being will be drawn to you in your own personal reality. So your very personality becomes your own personal reality. So what it is that you are being and those things show up in your thinking mind as what we would ordinarily call beliefs. Yeah. Now what sets me apart, I guess in this space is the, the fascinating observation that darn near half of the science community, and I'm talking 
some pretty important people, not just, you know, some guy in his basement or something like that. Top shelf physicists, mathematicians, and these types are starting to recognize that consciousness must be fundamental to what we think of as reality. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's from this unexplainable cosmic force mm-hmm. that the mental universe came from and thus physical reality. There's a very interesting new theory emerging in the physics community called information realism, which posits that the universe is mind. And this is the kind of stuff hermetic philosophy has been teaching for thousands of years. That's the core teaching every great law of attraction guru ought to know of ancient hermetic philosophy. And it would seem physics is actually proving out these things. We are living in a participatory universe. You are mind and the universe is mind. And on an energetic level, you integrate with that divine matrix and you can cause physical change in your 3D reality through what you are believing. And I want to reiterate this point. This is where I stand out because I get out of bed every day. I get on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram with a giant megaphone and I go, it's real science (laughs) and there's real top shelf physicists talking about this. They're not talking about this on television, right? Television is, is a distraction. It's not all bad, but you know, they give you the impression that we live in this dead universe. You're just a bag of bones. There's no such thing as telepathy. Nobody knows what happens to you when you die, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was never true. You're a creator. Mm. Mm. So um, I want to talk about the the power of the mind and how the, as you say, the universe is the mind and how it can affect or cause a physical effect or a physical change. A lot of people uh, go around and they just loosely, casually say the term mind over matter, right? Mm-hmm. So so when and and but but there's some there's some truth behind that it sounds like i mean not sure what is the crossing point so to speak or the crossroads mm-hmm. between where the stimulus or stimuli of say the mind <clears throat> impacts the physical part mm-hmm. you know? and 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 where where do we even where do we even say that exists um, do we say that exists within our within our our soul, our personal being, or is it like you said, the universe? Where, where does it start? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, I think what you're asking for is the link between mind and physical reality. Now, if you ask a physicist, they're going to call it information rather than mind. Okay, because it sounds more objective i suppose and they're not wrong um but if you press them on the issue a little bit they're gonna go yeah i'm talking about mind <laughs> right yeah. Ray right, Sheaton, right. um is a pretty well-known mathematician 
Um, he supplies um, mathematical constants to the physics world. You know, PhD, lots of accolades. Um, he rubs shoulders with the, the again top shelf physicists, Lothar Schaefer, uh, for example, um, Christoph Cook, and 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 these types. I don't expect your audience to know who they are, but you know if they if if your audience does know who they are, they're going to be like, really, these guys are the ones that are talking about this stuff, mm. right? So where the mental universe, the information universe converges with 3d physical reality is what you would call the higgs field which is something that they've recently discovered does actually exist it's been a hypothesis for a long time the large hadron super collider in france uh, they have realized that these higher planes of existence do exist so the higgs field the electron field all of these different quantum planes interact with one another. Now, the Higgs field, its job is to realize a potential into an actual physical electron particle. So the way that, say, an electron, for example, which is a physical object, manifests is through a function called the collapse of the wave, which can be observed during the double slit experiment. And, you know, they've known about this for a little over 100 years. They've never really been able to explain it, still can't really explain it. But the Higgs field is a discovery that's getting us one step closer. The Higgs field facilitates 3D physical matter actually becoming such from a bath of potential, which means information. And that sounds very abstract, and it is. Mm -hmm. It's a field of potential outcomes, of possibilities. Right. The quantum field. So a particle that can be in one place or all places at the same time. The Higgs field is what seems to cause that particle to do so. Now, science, the science community is pursuing the why. Like, why does that happen when it happens? And the lead they have is the observer effect. And one of the great debates between materialist scientists and, informa and now information scientists has been, you know, what is the cause of the observer effect? Is it really a measurement or is that information stored somewhere in the universe through a conscious presence. Consciousness also, so, so, so you've got this mechanism, which I've just described, and then you also have physicists recognizing that consciousness must be this unexplainable cosmic force, which is out there somewhere. It's non-local, and they've proven this thousands of times, yeah. that consciousness is not coming from inside the brain it's out there somewhere so there is this field of intelligence it's like we're living in a sea of intelligent mental energy and you're interacting with it people who master manifestation 
they you'll notice, for example, like when things are about to take place for you, you'll start to notice odd synchronicities in the world around you. You'll, you'll hear about these kinds of things from spiritual people. Well, now science is saying this is a very real possibility. And again, this is not crackpot science. These are top shelf physicists talking about this stuff that consciousness appears to be a cosmic force that we live within and it's interacting with you. Uh And the proof is pretty convincing when you consider the fact that they've duplicated these experiments thousands of times, they're not going to talk about this in the mainstream. So quantum field theory is that link between physical reality and the mental universe. Now where you are connected is at the level of the mental universe, which is your, you could call it personality. So you could think of the personality like cloud storage, for example, right? Yeah. So with cloud storage, you have cookies that are stored on the computer and they know where to go access the files from the clouds. Well, there are neurons and nerve endings in your physical body, which would be equivalent to the cookies accessing what we think of as a personality, which is stored in a cloud. Um, I'm sure you've heard of people who can see auras and things like that. So that literally like a person's aura would be that person's personality. So it's a, it's a cloud of energy. The energy consists of information. The information is retained thought and emotional patterns, memories, a history, a story of who I am as a person, right? right? Right. I'm a mom, I'm a brother, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a teacher, I'm liberal, I'm conservative, I've been to these places, all the memories, experiences that you've had are stored in that cloud system. But it is that energy body that integrates with the mental plane too. And your interaction with that mental plane causes physical things to manifest in the 3D And again, we are just barely starting to realize that there are actual mechanisms that can cause something like this. For example, again, the Higgs field, which is a direct link between this field of information and physical reality. So to posit that something that you are being like what your personality is being, what you are being can actually reverberate and cause changes on the 3D plane. That's on the table. Yeah, I see. And it's really fun to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it is. Well, it's fascinating, you know, and, 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 and I'll be honest with you, Kurt. I mean, you know, as you're speaking, through this i'm trying to walk through it with you and i am still trying to grasp certain ideas and concepts that you shared and and you kept going and i want you to keep going don't get me wrong and uh and 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 so it gives me something to think about it's very very fascinating and 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 so um 
to be the 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 actual the essence of being is deeper than the essence of just thinking it sounds like so um you have a deeper connection when people uh are master manifest at manifestation um it seems like they connect at a deeper level a a level of being versus a level of thinking Mm -hmm. to that other world to to realize their potential to realize their dreams to to realize what it is they want out of life and is and and from there can that be the birth of transformation and helping someone turn their lives around because that's what i'd like for us to get to right Uh, 100 percent okay great they're struggling they're going through problems not just people who everyday lives like you know perhaps you and i and uh and and you know i mean we're not homeless um no addictions um nothing like that and 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 so you know we 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 want something we want i don't know a new truck manifest a new truck or or Mm -hmm. we want a, a new house or we want to build a log cabin you know or we want to take a um a a a two-month hike through europe can we bring that to fruition right um but my focus would be on people who are struggling people who are homeless people who Mm -hmm. do have addictions people with codependencies people who have a hard time struggling through the loss of a loved one you know um and and bankruptcy i mean the list goes on right um uh this this is something that they can realize and connect at that being level mm-hmm. to, 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 to get an answer, right? Or to, to, to understand what their potential is and how they should proceed with their lives. And I love that you brought that up. You know what I tell my manifesting students? I tell them 80 to 90% of your manifesting game is your Zen game. And what I mean by that is the pure being of self, which of course comes before mind, because ultimately you are not your mind. The mind is an extension of the true self. And actually you could think of the mind as an engine, whereas the true self or soul, if you will, is like the gas tank. So you really can't put the cart before the horse. Another analogy perhaps would be, you know, the true self is an astronaut. The mind is a spacesuit. And spacesuit's not going to do anything for you if you don't remember who you are as right. an eternal being. Yeah. And to access... The true self is so much simpler than people realize because there's nothing really for you to access. This is where euphemism breaks completely down because really what you're doing is just remembering yourself as the consciousness. This is why mindfulness meditation is so popular in spiritual communities because you're able to experience yourself as this awareness of the mind yes yes and it really is that simple wow and 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 i am a huge advocate for mindful meditation controlled breathing i practice it every day and i try to get deeper and deeper in it um 
you know, with each passing month. And so, um, and, 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 and I'm so glad you brought that up, Kurt, because to me, that sounds like another component in connecting to that. I don't even know what to call it. The other side or the, uh, uh, uh that, that intangible world. I mean, I the divine I, matrix, divine matrix. I mean, I'm trying to, trying to find the proper, you know, the, 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 the proper, um, description for it, you know, but, but there is, there is a level of, I don't want to say surrealism, but there's a, there's a, there's a level of just um, connectedness, connectedness that I right. feel when I meditate and I am doing it with my mind being in the present and observing um, within myself, every little detail from my breath to my heartbeat and so forth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and, and then I, I feel like I'm connecting with something. I just don't know what, but you know, it's, it's, it, I feel relieved after I come back to center, come back mm -hmm. physically in my room, the four walls and everything. Um, and, and, and so <laughs> I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if I could mentally visualize in my mind's eye, what this looks like in meditation. I'm wondering if it's like meditation, spiritual side, and then I, 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 I get that connectedness, not quite sure what it is, but is, 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 it, is it crossing a bridge to something scientific? I mean, what, 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 what is that? Is that what it is? Well, I mean, science is really just the pursuit of knowledge yeah. Um, you could call it crossing a bridge. Okay. I suppose a teacher of non-duality would say that it's more of a remembering that the bridge was already there. I see. And you just are that. I see. And that's hard for people to grasp because we live in separation. Yeah. We perceive ourselves as being separate from all, but what you're articulating is unity consciousness, which is where you experience yourself as everything. Yeah. And it's not conceptual. You don't think it, you feel it, you experience yeah. that. It's beyond mind and it's what you already are. It's as if you're a wave on the ocean and for a moment you remember that you are the whole ocean. Mm. And it's like you're just shown a glimpse of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Curtis, it's going to sound like I'm going backwards here, but I, I, I just had to ask, um, how early in your journey did you feel led to pursue law of attraction and manifestation. I mean, did you feel it as a calling early on or were you inspired by a person or an event? Well, I had my forced spiritual awakening about six years ago, and that's when I really started taking it seriously. I'd heard things about it before then. Um, but after my awakening, it just seemed so natural. It just seemed so obvious to me that yeah. this is just something I'm going to do now. I didn't even have to question it. And I just started watching a lot of attraction videos. And 
you know, I've got a pretty scientific mind. I'm extremely knowledgeable about science. So when I started trying it out and it worked, that's when I was like, okay, I have to know how this works. There's something to this. And it didn't take me very long to figure out that we're already there. (laughs) We're already there. Already people hot on the trail proving that, yeah, we seem to live in this simulation. Actually, I remember before my awakening, I heard Elon Musk talking about that once. And I was like, what are they talking about? It was maybe like 10, 12 years ago. And now I completely get it. I got you. I got you. Um, now, this next question I had for you, Kurt, um, if, if, if in your explanation a few minutes ago, if you have already articulated this, I apologize in advance, um, but this is a two-part question, okay? Uh, first off is um, I'm wondering how – I'm wondering how – your your methods and your guidance in working with your manifestation students um um, if you can give an example of of how you are making the effort to bridge that gap between spirituality and science um you know what instead of uh, me asking that second part question if we can just kind of hone in on that um Mm -hmm. right now and and uh um I gave a weak mental example of my meditation and cross it over, but in your practices with the many people you work with, um, what's, what's a technique that, 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 that gives the effort of, of, you know, narrowing that gap between the two. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a really simple answer. Really good one. Straightforward. You're going to love this. The scientific method which is try something out and see what happens more or less. (laughs) There's more to it than that. Sure. 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 You create a hypothesis, you try it out. If you get the result that you thought you would get, you try it out again. And if you keep getting the same result, you've got something. So when you focus on a goal, when you choose to manifest something, And you believe it's going to happen. You cause yourself to believe that it's going to happen. It is at that moment you release attachment to outcome and you trust the divine that it's going to bring it to me. Right. And you wait patiently. It shows up and you go, huh? Interesting. Is that a coincidence? I'm going to try it again. So you try it a couple of more times. Yeah. And like I said, if you get the same result three times, you got something there. That's a science experiment. Yeah. And another thing too, I do in like my manifesting video program, um, I hit the science pretty hard and I show people real scientists talking about this stuff. Lothar Schaefer, you know, Christoph Cook, these types of guys, they're all over YouTube talking about this stuff. And these, these are serious minds, you know, they oversee large university science departments, multiple PhDs, they've written hundreds of peer reviewed research papers. These are the guys talking about this stuff. Pretty incredible. And again, why are we talking about this on TV? I don't know. It just doesn't get ratings. TV is there to 
get you to watch commercials. I mean, if you think about it, you know, they just, they want you to watch their advertisements and there's nothing wrong with that, but they're just not interested. Well, that doesn't mean it's not real. Well, no. And that, that, that can be numbing over time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I stopped watching TV a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. But, but this is, this is enriching. I mean, I, I, I can't begin to, to, to describe this as you said, these are some heavy hitters that are you know coming to the table with uh with these findings and papers and theses and and who knows maybe even ted talks and, and that sort of thing um and speaking of that kurt okay uh for many years um generations even we've always heard of the long time conflict or question between um between uh, religion and science or evolution, right? But religion, evolution, religion, caveman, uh, Adam and Eve, you know, those sorts of things. So um, I wanted to, 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 to get your take on science and spirituality, okay, which I guess old school science um, they were pretty polarizing and I don't think old school scientists were even in the realm of spirituality when it came to their studies. I could be wrong because science is not my background, but that's what I um, would assume in old school science. I'm talking in the thirties, the forties and fifties. Um, but I want to know from you, is there a dependency factor of one over the other or do they complement each other? Is there a relation between mm-hmm. the two? And if you can yeah. that. Old school science, which I think the proper term is material science, which means we're looking in materiel. We're looking in physical matter. Yeah. It's material science. Mm-hmm. Is not invalid. Okay. And I get it. Like, you see Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye and, you know, they've never really contributed anything. They're just kind of talking heads, but they do act as an edifice for the material scientist where your typical material scientist is going to have a little bit of a snooty kind of pompous, like, well, you got to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and side note, they want to know where the physical universe came from by looking in physical matter. Hmm. And that's not a bad place to start. They've made a lot of headway. It's amazing because the deeper they dig into physical matter, they keep finding energy. You can ask a material scientist, Hey man, some guy on this podcast said that they've never actually proven the existence of matter. And he's going to go, yeah (laughs) it's made out of energy now be that as it may in spite of the fact that the scientific endeavor and the institution of science which are the people who have those types of kind of negative attitudes yeah they can be mutually exclusive but in spite of all this i would describe material scientist as simply incomplete It's not the whole picture. It is valid, obviously. Look at all the amazing technologies that you and I are using to communicate with right now. 
pretty impressive what they've been able to accomplish, but it is incomplete. Now, information science, which is this more abstract type of science, that is also incomplete. So there is there is kind of a yin and yang between those two things. I see. I see. Now, interesting side note, by the way, that I wanted to mention. Yeah. The scientific endeavor itself and even the institution of science started in philosophy hundreds of years ago. And, you know, materialist scientists, they don't appreciate it when you point that out. <laughs> they don't. But it did. It started in philosophy. Okay. Okay. So and that leads me to ask. Like, mm-hmm. I was just going to say it seems like science is going back to philosophy. Yeah, yeah, um, I, where it all began, right? Um, and, and and that makes it almost seem full circle. So based on that statement you made right there, uh, Kurt, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm asking this for the benefit of the listeners um, to, um, to uh, propose that, um, that they take a, a, a deeper sense of thinking um, as we discuss these things and then, you know, see how it can apply to their lives. Is it safe to say that every physical action or reaction that takes place um, is a result of something intangible? Um, I don't know, like energy or something intangible that, 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 that started that no one can see or feel or sense but all of a sudden this happens. Let's give an example. Um, here's an example. I don't know if it's easy or hard, but um, tsunami. A tsunami. That's a strong physical event. Mm-hmm. Very physical. Lots of potential um, energy. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, is, is, is that, is it safe to say something like that as a result of something intangible? I mean, unless you're a scientist and you've been investigating all this time beneath the Earth's surface, um, mm-hmm. you know, to see or anticipate something like this happen. Let's say we're not. We're an everyday Joe. We're living our lives. Um, there is no, you know, no, no visible um, sense around us just yet that in six months a tsunami is going to hit. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, right? Is, is is that safe to say that? Just about every physical action or event is spawned from something intangible or some something energy. from, yeah, like some event on one of these higher planes that I speak of. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's where I was trying to get to. Yeah, mm-hmm. the higher planes. Yeah, I don't okay. think the two are mutually exclusive. I don't think okay. it's necessarily that it's where one always causes the other, although I've heard people say that. Yeah, yeah. And I can see why they would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't feel like there's enough evidence either way. And what makes more sense in my mind is that the two play off of each other. They yes. work in tandem. There's an interconnectedness between the physical and the higher planes. I understand. I understand. Um, so, Curtin, with the many people that you've worked with uh, and, and and guided and coached, um, 
have you as uh, as the coach, as the one giving guidance, have you um, or is there a physical sense in working with a person that they have discovered or rediscovered who they truly are, their truer self. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot, especially with my yeah. um, twin flame students, which is a very in your face, raw spiritual awakening. It's not what the internet says it is. And no. I deal with that all day long. It is it starts out very, very painfully, but if you know what to do, it turns out to be the best thing that's ever happened to you ever. Oh, wow. Really? And there is such a deep remembrance of who yeah. you are beyond yeah. the physical world that it's beyond description. It's beyond concept. And that is your true nature. You are beyond mind. Was this your breakthrough that you had early on when like six years ago you were talking about? Mm -hmm. Yep. And I, um, all throughout my life, I've caught glimpses. I've got mm -hmm. stories to tell going all the way back to five years old. I had an out of body experience. I was visited by physical angels, yeah, physical yeah. apparitions. Wow. Um, yeah. That's some crazy shit <laughs> happened throughout <laughs> my life. And six years ago, my forced awakening, that's when the envelope really opened up. Yeah. Like yeah. no going back. It was yeah. such an epiphany to say the least, yeah. but to have the limitations of ego just completely ripped away once and for all. No looking back. And I deal yeah. with that in my coaching program every day, 7,000 students that I've coached and yeah. everybody's going through it. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Gives you a completely different perspective on life, outlook on life, um, the environment immediately around you and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and a more introspective observance of who you are. And I was going to ask you in what ways or changes you've noticed after that, that forced awakening and, and, and you already answered it for me. And I appreciate that, man. Um, I mean, because again, right between the eyes, loss of ego and just understanding just how wasteful and damaging it can be uh, mm -hmm. and putting that aside and maybe even laughing a bit afterwards because you're like, I can't believe Absolutely. I held on to this all this mm -hmm. time. You know? Yeah. Um, so, so that, that is a true, true example of uh, a change in perspective after an awakening like that. Um, have you had any, um, uh, any of your uh, students um, reach a, reach a sense of self or their truer selves where they discovered or rediscovered their purpose in life is to serve others. Happens all the time. Nice. Not everybody. Nice. Yeah. Um, that's kind of one of those myths that's out there. Although, yeah. well, let me let me finish that thought first. Because one of the myths that you see about 
spirituality is when you awaken, you just, you want to be in service to others or you must do that, which is antithetical to spiritualism because spiritual is not a personality type and there's no requirements. It's absolute freedom. Now it just so happens that a large portion of them do. Yeah. Now as to the rest, the flip side of the coin is, well, are they, is it true that they are not in service to others? Is that true? Because for two reasons, number one, people whose consciousness is explosive, such as these, all they have to do is show up at the grocery store and people want to talk to them. Yeah. People just want to be around them all the time. And they always end up in situations where they are helping friends and family and stuff like that. Even though they're not trying to do it, then they don't feel a calling to do it. Right. It always seems to just happen and they always just know what to do. So that's the first thing. The second thing about this other group of people is, you know, you could literally sit on your couch and just be really good at meditating and your consciousness is dumping out onto the physical plane like a fountain. And that does have an effect on the rest of the world. So I think technically the answer all around is yes. Even if for some of the people, it doesn't not have that appearance outwardly. Yeah. Yeah. It's still happening. It's still happening. Understood. Understood. And uh, one of the last questions I, I, I have for you, Kurt is, um, uh, these awakenings, they sound, they sound like they're, they're, they're true, complete breakthroughs and they have the potential. Breakdown is more like it. <laughs> break down, uh, break down to build up. Maybe. I don't know. But, uh, a breakdown is fair, but you, you okay. know, the ego has to be torn away first and it's really yeah. painful. Oh my God. I'd never want to do that again. You know what? Oh my goodness. It's funny. You mentioned that because I had a guest on here maybe two months ago and um and and it sounds like conceptually it sounds like um what what he was talking about he he says when when something there's a moment when you have to burn and i guess it, it's the mm-hmm. burning of the ego and and, and, and ego death said, it's like ego death where he he says after you burn you know you're still on fire uh like a phoenix you're rising from the ashes mm-hmm. and, and and you have to burn before you can rise above the ashes and what's burning that you're leaving is the ego and yep. uh i i find that i i i, I sense parallels from it and i'm not trying to speak for him or you but i i just wanted to point out that 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 to me just kind of sounded very very similar that that means that hey i think we're on to something here when it comes there is a to template these- There is. There is. Yes. This kind of forced spiritual awakening template. It's a thing. Okay. So with these, with these forced spiritual awakenings, again, the awakening transformative. Okay. Mm -hmm. Breakdown, breakthrough, however, break we want to say. Um, uh, However, um, would it be safe to say that there's, there's your life to a certain point, then there's the awakening, and then there's 
post-awakening, okay? And so from the awakening, early stages of it, and you're still trying to grasp, okay, what is this? What mm -hmm. am I supposed to learn from this? Where's my direction from here? Is there an infancy stage shortly after the awakening that you're still trying to figure things out? And then from that awakening post, as time goes on and as you learn more and discover more and, 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 and live that different perspective, um, you start to reach maturity in mm -hmm. that in that awakening is is is, is, totally. is, is there a, does it work like that sort of yeah maybe and um i think the infancy stage most of it is why is this happening to me and what do i do yeah. about it yes yes and it's a lot of thinking and emoting um but when you move past that, you recognize that thinking and emoting isn't necessary. It isn't bad. Mm -hmm. Right. Because as soon as you say it's bad, that's actually the thinker. You know, the ego judges itself. Yes. <laughs> but you realize it's not really needed. You can do that. Now, what is interesting in manifesting, for example, which is like, the next kind of obvious thing that you're going to do, everybody who goes through an awakening, they end up there. They end up okay. in a place where they realize they're having an effect on the physical world around them. Well, anyway, yeah. you start thinking about how you think. Kind of meta. And yeah, it is. Um, but it takes that higher level of awareness to begin with. So going back to what we were discussing earlier, which is 80 to 90% of your manifesting game is your Zen game. Or if you ask yeah. my assistant coach, she's going to go 80 to 90 million percent of your <laughs> manifesting game is your million. Zen game. <laughs> it, it's, it, it just, it's like, think of it like, here you go. Learning to ride a bike. This yeah. this will dovetail in perfectly with your question. Learning to ride a bike because there is there's that whole phase where you're trying to do it and you keep falling off the bike a bunch, yeah. and you have to concentrate on what you're doing. But then eventually you can do it, and it's like 20 years later. If you've never ridden a bike in 20 years, if you pick one up, you can just start doing it again. It's like that. Yes. Like you don't even have to think about it anymore. You just do it. Yes, and and, and you know what, um, and. And, and again, it's just my way of, of, of relating to what you're saying. Um, my background is talent development. And so there's this matrix when it comes to um, um, uh, conscious incompetence. And then you want to reach, mm -hmm. you want to get to a point where it's uh, subconscious or unconscious mm -hmm. competence, right? Where you're competent, you can do, you can ride the bike, but it's really subconsciously. I mean, you, you don't even think about it to your point, right? Mm -hmm. um, and in the beginning, you know, you're focusing on every little thing, the handlebars, the pedals and everything. And, mm -hmm. um, but you're not really competent in riding it, you know, but you're putting all this energy in, 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 in the conscious side, on the conscious side. So, um, but, but yeah, that's a great example, Kurt. I really, I, I appreciate that because that helps me understand then, like you said, from the awakening, there are those stages, right? The infancy stage. You're going to stumble a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. the internet does not help 
<laughs> it's just no. anybody can say anything they want to say on the internet. Yeah. And usually what you're going to get from the general spiritual community is healing, 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 karma, healing, karma, 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 healing, healing. Yeah. And I understand what they're saying, but healing does not cause self-actualization. No. And there's nothing wrong with healing, but it's psychology. And we already know about psychology. Most of the healing that you're going to get, the healing stuff you're going to get from the internet is pretty poor as far as psychology is concerned. And you don't even need to do that. You can't think your way into spiritual. Spiritual is not a personality type. So you got to watch out for that. And that's something that my students deal with a lot. And I don't say that to disparage anybody. It's just, it's very confusing to the beginner student. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of something that I, I find I, I have to deal with a lot. Um, uh, well, on the other hand, it's not all bad because it's keeping me very busy. Sure. And sure. I don't mind that. No. <laughs> no, it helps the time pass for sure. Oh, man, Kurt, man, this has been a very, very um, enlightening conversation. I've learned a lot from just what you shared. And uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think it'll be a good two or three hours after after this conversation that some of the things you you've said will be replaying in my mind, man. It'll start to grasp, sinking in, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll start sinking in, and I'm trying to grasp uh, the meaning behind it and so forth. So, uh, I really, truly really appreciate this conversation, Kurt. How can the listeners follow you, learn more about your great work, and and hear more insights from you and what you do? You bet. NewWorldAllStar.com, A-L-L-S-T-A-R, NewWorldAllStar.com. And I've also got a really great YouTube channel. Fantastic. NewWorldAllStar.com. Yes, sir. And, And they can search. Well, I guess I'm sure they can click to your YouTube channel from your website and subscribe. Mm -hmm. Yep. Fantastic. You got it. Instagram, Facebook, all those places too. From the website. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you guys, you heard it here. Newworldallstar.com. We're going to make that the Genesis point that we'll include in the episode show notes. And we'll also mention in the show notes from there, you can access and follow Kurt on the social mediums that he has provided mm-hmm. on his website, as well as subscribe to his YouTube channel where he shares even more insights maybe an infinite number of uh, of insights um you know from versus what we talked about here we just scratched the surface yeah and, we just uh, scratched that, the surface yeah <laughs> for sure and and that just whets the appetite for the listener to go learn more right absolutely I mean, we're lifelong learners uh on this road and so um you know we should always have that thirst for knowledge once again kurt johnson Man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I hope we can stay in touch and uh, bring you back on the show again real soon. Likewise, it's been a pleasure. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And look, as always, we want our listeners to know that when we're dealing with life struggles, you're never alone. And there's always hope. I ask that you please share this show with someone you know who needs inspiration and support. 
we're all in this journey of life. But it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Roads Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have.